Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to episode 78 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. I'm Chase, and today I'm joined with uh, the celebrity getting the shit <laughs> at the Q&A before all the stuff starts at CMON Expo, Mike Meeple. Mike, how you doing? Doing good. I'm doing good, Chase. That must felt pretty good. <laughs> you know, it was it was completely unexpected <laughs> I, um when i was listening i was kind of just sitting around you know um listening to it you know i had my boy um trying to get him to calm down and then uh, to take a nap and i was just kind of listening to it and then all of a sudden i was loud i was like wait what what <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you tuning in maybe you missed it but this last weekend was the CMON Expo 2020, which was originally going to be an in-person expo the week before and was unfortunately canceled due to COVID-19. They decided to go virtual. And during the Q&A, right in the first few minutes getting started, you know, we're making some small chat and Fabio checks to show off some of the miniatures he's been working on painting. And he gives a shout out to Mike Meeple because, you know, Mike, you've been, your, your video session with him has helped him really make a lot of progress and pick up some of those skills to, to start getting his miniatures painted up and on the table. Yeah, I, I was looking at, at some of the things that he was he was showing off. Um, uh, his I think he was working on his Crow Clan, is what he said, uh, for Blood Rage. And all I could think was, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like the stuff that we went over with the Night's Watch uh, would work great with those massive amounts of guys on the board sort of a games like, like Blood Rage. So... And then his his troll, I think it's a troll thing. I don't know. I don't have blood rage. It looks really cool, but uh, but like he it's got he was like a troll with like a flaming sword that he showed off. Um, that looked great. He's he's doing a great job. I feel like they gotta they gotta hook you up, man. Now you got like official or unofficial <laughs> sponsor of the Simon Expo 2020, Mike Meeple. You gotta hook him up some blood rage, somebody, so that you can get some of those painted <laughs> up. We gotta get Fabio to finish his set. You know. I know. I know. So. I will say I am I am a I was a little disappointed uh, this year. My I, I do have a one complaint about Simon Expo because wow. all these all these years all these years I've heard on Expo has amazing swag bags if you go oh. and you know and you know I went we right we all went this year. That's true. I mean, that is I, true. I definitely feel I like I went this year. <laughs> and I didn't get anything. I don't know. <laughs> what we got was the spirit of community and friendship. That's what we yeah, got. No, it was good. It was good. I actually really, I actually really had a cool time and being able to kind of do that when I realistically would probably not be able to go to something like that um, until my 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 son's a lot older, sort of a thing. Um, it was really nice to be able to kind of experience that, even though it's digital. So, um, so I just I really appreciated the effort on Simon's uh, part and by you, because I mean you were working like a dog, man. Oh my goodness, it was exciting. It was so much excitement for one weekend. But I couldn't believe, uh, I had so much fun. I think I actually, and maybe it's just because of the digital format, but I think I actually prefer doing the Q&As on a live stream like that than a panel with them like asking members of the audience. Because when they, when they kind of mix it and they're taking you know, people from the chat and from the audience, you can't always hear what people are asking. Mm -hmm. And I thought this way it was like really clean and easy to do it. Um, well, and, and you know, it's... It, it... It's good that way, and, um, and this is going to kind of sound anti, I guess, anti-community, I guess, but I mean, it gives them an opportunity to kind of curate 
the questions they're going to field, right? That's true. You know, um, and luckily I didn't see anything like that with this, but I've been to, when I was younger, you know, I've been to other like Q and A's with, with celebrities or something like that. And every now and then there's that one bonkers guy that's going to ask something, some weird question. And this way they kind of were like, oh, okay, this is a good question that we can field, you know, and it's going to be, be giving something to the, to the audience and to the community. So, um. Yeah, able to follow along really, really well. I hope they keep doing it, even when I'm not going to say if, even when the conventions open up and get back right. to normal. Um, so I, I'm I'm hoping they still maintain something like this. Yeah, and I mean the Simon people are super awesome and and really friendly and helpful. And I just want to extend a thank you to inviting me to the expo. If anyone's listening from Come On Games, um, it is weird because I always say Simon Games. But now I guess it is officially come on games. And I just found myself, oh. I just say come on games when I'm around official CMON people. And then when I'm not around them, I say CMON games. But but it was really fun. And, you know, I heard some uh, feedback on it. Some people didn't find Facebook as intuitive. There were some people that don't use Facebook at all. But I get why they were doing it there. It, it honestly is just easier to have it all in one ecosystem versus mm-hmm. being on, you know, multiple fronts. Uh, you know, because no. I don't know if people realize that when you're at a convention, there's a there's a lot of moving pieces and especially now when it's digital like none of the people are in the same room so everyone's communicating over these vast distances so just trying to keep it simple and locked onto one platform you know i think uh if you're not a facebook user that's challenging but i think otherwise it it, it made sense why they were going that route but i i just had a blast everyone was so nice and the community was awesome i do have to say one thing i sent out a document with uh, you know people could submit q a questions there was a lot of great ones in there i tried to use them as fillers when uh the conversations got slow but there were probably 30 plus comments from the a song of ice and fire french community uh many of them in french and i translated some and some i couldn't quite piece together my i have very poor French skills, but you know, big shout out to A Song of Ice and Fire France. Those guys are killing it. They do such great work and they're huge supporters of the game. They've got their own kind of like French ecosystem of content creators and, you know, the tip of the hat to them, if any of them happen to be listening. Um, so, you know, keep up doing all that awesome work and, and, you know, hopefully in the future, either my French will get better or I'll put a disclaimer to see if someone can, can translate them into English for me. <laughs> uh, but it was cool to see that kind of outpouring. But you know, without without you know further ado, let's let's jump into it. There's a bunch of cool things revealed for a song of ice and fire, and uh, you know, man, I mean, it started early. I mean, obviously, the big news is going to be Grey Joys. But before we get to that, or maybe it's not. Maybe there were other things shown at the end that were bigger. But let's start off with the attachments. Mm-hmm. The first attachment that was revealed was the Clegane Butcher, a two-point attachment for cavalry with the ability Spread Fear. So each time an enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, one other enemy within long range of that unit becomes panicked. And he also has the ability Weaken Resolve. When an enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, that unit becomes weakened. Mike, I don't know. What do you, what do you think of that? Uh, I I think it's gonna fit right in with Knights Casterly Rock. I think because um, I mean Knights Casterly Rock does so much damage, and then you put in Weaken Resolve, right? And then guess what? Now Knights of Casterly Rock have staying power with that yeah. with with the um, engagement because that was always their big weakness, right? They would ride in, they hit you hard, and then 
they were kind of sucky, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if they were attached to, but now they're they're going to get hit hit back by someone with weaken. So it's it just gives them that extra chance to back off so that they can charge again. You know, I think it's really it's it's ugly. I don't want to deal with it <laughs> as a player who will <laughs> who doesn't play Lannisters. You know, but I think it's I think it's really good. And I think the point cost is about right too. Two points sounds about right to me. Yeah, I mean, and kind of having that Dreadfort ability mm-hmm. of, you know, spreading the panic token in addition to the weakened resolve. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely a two-point attachment. Because yeah, you're going to get them both, right? You, you get them both right at the same time. Yeah. It's not like you have to take your, take your pick. It's like as soon as they, uh, as soon as you charge in with, with the, the lances and, you know, they fail that panic test, boom, they get they get two two tokens you know that yeah. could go into so many of the lannister armies you know just nice it's just nice to have some lannister cav attachments that aren't the mountain who is technically yes. still not tournament legal i mean and i think lannister players also i mean i think the i start to get like stereotypes of certain types of players you know how vocal certain communities are and and you know i know it's not fair but you know you see certain members in the community that represent certain factions and the way they talk and I feel like Lannister players are very patient and, um, you know, this it's just nice to see them getting shown a little bit of love here with this attachment. I think it's going to be one that's going to be used widely and is going to open up a lot of list building for, for them. Yeah, they haven't, I mean, I, what was the last unit that they got? I think it was Poor Fellows, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's been, that was like six months ago. So they've been very very patient um and they've been essentially rocking the same builds <laughs> right for for a while now yeah. so um this will be this will be good for them to to get some of that diversity um you, so they kind of like in the beginning the lannisters like defined the meta right they had mm-hmm. so many things that people had to react to and have to figure out like what is your answer for this as more units have come out and people have started to pick up those answers you can start to see when it's like, oh, you know, they're not lagging behind in a release, but, you know, a few more tools in their arsenal would maybe make them have some more compelling choices at time. <laughs> Moving on, we've got the Starks. We've got the Mormont Veteran, a one-point infantry attachment with awesome artwork. It's like a pirate lady. She's got an eye patch. I was just like, this is so cool. And uh, she is hardened. That is a girl, right? Yes, I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. She's... She's uh she has the ability hardened. Each time this unit is attached after defense dice are rolled for each of its destroyed ranks, it automatically blocks one additional hit. It's kind of an interesting design. We haven't seen this before. It, I, I I I like it mostly because it gives me an idea of well, first of all, it tells me that more monsters are on their way, which right. is really cool. Um but it also kind of gives you an idea of how they might play, right? So we've got a little bit of the, you know, um, uh, th- whereas, whereas typically Starks, when they get more, when they get hurt, right, they start to fight harder. Um, this one, when they get hurt, they start to defend better, yeah. um, which is, which is kind of cool. And it ties in with that, that berserker. I could easily see putting this in a berserker. I could easily see putting this in sworn swords real easy. Oh. Um, not sworn swords. Yeah, sworn swords. Should... I'm thinking. Um, this and sworn or swords. Or even really Tully, Tully sworn shields, though. Even I mean, they're not gonna take. Actually, maybe that's that's being too redundant. Then, isn't it? They're yeah, already gonna I block D three hits. I think, 
I think that's a little redundant because I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, realistically, how often do you get torn uh, uh, right? sworn shields down past even that first rank right that's true people just avoid them because they're slow you throw this in something that is kind of soft right um you know one might even argue that you could put this in the long in the bowman um oh interesting yeah right because because it just it does it just says when they're attacked it doesn't say when they're attacked by melee or range just every right. time they're attacked so, so if someone's shooting at back at them if somebody has closed the distance it's just going to help uh give them some sustainability um and for one point i, I think it's a steal and i think you know it's 100 percent what you're saying it is definitely hinting at future mormont units and uh, i'm excited to see how that that sub faction builds out uh, I keep forgetting that there are so many of these allies for the House Stark, right? So there's, because uh, we haven't even talked about Karstarks, right? Like that's a that's a thing out there that we haven't had any reference to in the game yet. Oh no, we've gotten Umbers, we've gotten um, Tully, Tullys. Now we're getting Mormonts. Mormon. We haven't gotten Karstarks. But like I just um, keep forgetting, like you know, there was someone who asked in the Q and A, like, "Hey, are we only going to get like our factions like basically completed? Like, hey, they got ten units." Are they no longer making more things? And it's just like, oh yeah, there's so much left that they can do. Yeah. I, I I wonder if the car starks are going to be um are going to be neutral. Um uh, interesting. Because they because they were the other house I mean House Bolton gets most of the of the the bad news with the red wedding right but right. um but they also teamed up with Karstarks in order to right. to pull that off so i just wonder if there's the if if they're going to be more of a neutral faction but that would know. be cool or even if like i'm excited to see if down the line they do some more things like no coin beyond the wall where there's like a single mm -hmm. card that comes with them and it's like Karstarks can go with in a neutral force or in a stark force and like uh, you know, like they don't side with Lannisters, you know, right. it's like they can or they they can only be neutral or Stark. Right. But I do know for Car Starks, I was doing a little bit of homework prior to the weekend, and some of it didn't pay off. But one of the ones I did find that I never get to bring up or ask about in more depth, uh, in twenty the last year, twenty nineteen Simon Expo, someone had asked about like you know finding source inspiration, and Michael Chanel went into great depth about the Car Starks. Uh, being spearmen with like tower shields or something with like an emblem on it and how he's like oh okay and he's like oh and then everyone was like oh that must mean that they're in the game and he's like i never said that but <laughs> that he had like such a vivid expectation like such a vivid memory of that line and that detail i'm like that must be a, that must mean something like i'm 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 siding on the internet of speculation on this because it's like, <laughs> why would else did you say it? Thought of that. He, there, yeah, the exactly. It's like, that's that. your example. That's like oddly specific. Yeah. <laughs> um, but who knows? But the Mormon veteran, one point jumping in there. It does feel like whatever unit it really goes with, though, like it may have a, a synergy that is greater than what it seems now with its, mm. you know, Mormont unit. Okay, all that stuff is just like entree. It's all like side dishes here. Now we get to the entree, the Walrus Clan Chieftain. Ooh. This is what we really Ooh. want to talk about here. And then we'll just cut the Ooh. rest of the podcast. So he has the Order Resilience. And let's just talk about how crazy this is. This order, when this unit is attacked, after attack dice are rolled, 
The unit only suffers one wound for every two unblocked hits. It's like you're a giant. That's stupid. It is this the is amazing. So, no, it's so dumb. The, here's I the thing, though. No. How many points do you think that is? Yes. I, I think that's got to be at least two points. Right. So. I, people are saying it's either like one or two. I mean, that's like, because obviously it's not three. But yeah. um, could I don't, be three, though. You think be. so? Oh, then I, I would not I would not expect it to see a lot of play. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you could see it. You could see putting that into something that is um, kind of glass cannony, right? Like yeah. like the, the cave dwellers, right? Right. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but because then it still is kind of a cheaper attach, it's kind of a cheaper unit. But I, I think it's got to be two. I, I can't see it being one. It's too good right. for one. Because you could be abused, like you can abuse this. Like, because the question is, like, do you put them in an elite unit? Uh, do you put them in your followers of bone? Do you put them in your cave dwellers? Uh, your thin would be an excellent choice and make it like expensive durable unit. Or like, are you throwing this in your cheap insignificant units? And it's like, yeah, good luck killing my insignificant trappers or raiders. It's now a four point unit that can tar pit you for quite some time. And when you do kill it, like, oh, well, no, no victory points. Yeah. I think I think there are some really good options for this uh, for this attachment. I think my number one pick is Cave Dwellers. Um, I think Fen is really good just because then you're getting them the they're you're forcing the charge and then you're blocking the two hits. But I I, I like them in Trappers too. I think Trappers are really solid because I think Trappers their big weakness right now is cavalry, right? Cavalry. Right move on from you know they get that first that's that first um free maneuver so they're right yeah so they so they get past the hidden traps the first time and then from there you know they might at that point they might even be able to shoot uh, without triggering the hidden traps depending on the range right um so i i think this is going to really help them a lot you know i think that um so um I think that this is a really strong, strong card um, with a lot of really good options. And I think a lot of people are going to be buying multiple boxes of Free Folk attachment boxes just for this attachment. Yeah, that, that, I think that makes sense. And, you know, once again, does this hint at there being a Walrus Clan unit? I think it has to. It has I mean, to, right? You got to just be good at painting bone because it looks like these guys are also going to be like well adorned with... Uh... <laughs> You know, walrus tusks and other cool stuff. Ivory, right? It's ivory. Yeah, there we go. You're right, ivory. The <laughs> the uh, the. I think you're making a point that with the cave dweller savages, though, and the cave dweller savages already right now they're maybe not quite. They're not the favorite son anymore in the faction, but their morale bonus is so significant for keeping the damage off. Yes. And uh, you know, their six plus armor save isn't going to cut it. Dropping this guy in there, even if it was two points in the right list. You know, a, a seven-point unit that has four-plus morale and only takes, you know, one wound for every two unblock hits. That's enough that they can, like, you know, charge in there, and if something goes wrong and they're going to get hit back once, they'll at least be standing to do so. And it's half damage, right? It's half damage. Yeah. Like, that's the way you got to look Heck, at it. I'm it's... wondering, like, is it worth even dropping onto, like, something like Spearwives where you know their attack profile is 7-7. Seven, seven. It's not going to drop down in the second rank. You can basically guarantee that you're able to get those hits off for relatively cheap. Oh, yeah, and that's... take a and take a skin changer. <laughs> God, you know, I mean, the thing is, is they're going to be so tanky in that you can use you know the bear to block, 
charges anyway and then having this i mean there's just gonna be so many cool options it's really expensive though with that the bear is, like, i that's mean with getting up there and free folk points yeah even when i'm like it's a two-point attachment part of me is like oh two points that's that's like you know almost a raider unit <laughs> <laughs> all right then we got the hardened rangers and out of everything i've said so far this is the thing that scares me the most uh because first off and it might just be because i play so much free folk I just think Night's Watch is scary to begin with. <laughs> like <laughs> that's the that's the bad guys you know, you're squaring off with, at least in my mind. And the Hardened Ranger has the ability bushwhack enemies. This unit successfully charge in the flank or rear, become panicked and weakened. And then they have elusive escape. This unit may reroll all retreat distance rolls. Enemies this unit disengage from suffer D3 wounds and may not pivot. What? This is so good. This it's, is this is I mean, everything that I wanted from the um uh from the Ranger uh hunters when they first came out. Mm-hmm. This is right. this is what I wanted the Ranger Hunters right. to be. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Ranger Hunters already have quick fire, so after they now, a maneuver, <laughs> now they, do. they can make a retreat, a free ranged attack. They also have swift strike. I mean, all those combos together. I mean, the only saving grace is that however expensive this is, it's starting at an eight-point unit. You're putting it in there. But, huh. my God. Huh. Just just brutal. It's awful. It's it's so good. And as a Night's Watch player, I'm super excited. Uh, call it, though, that this is going to be an expensive attachment. Um, yeah. This is going to probably be three points. Um, I'm would not be my a good, guess. Yeah, I'm not a good number cruncher, but... I mean, what is the value, like numerically, of them suffering D3 wounds and not being able to pivot? I mean, it means that you're going to be able in the to, back again. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be able to, no matter, like you can, let's see. So, Swift Strike, after this attack is completed, you make a free retreat action. Oh. Oh, so you, you just, you're going to be all over the place. Like it's, I'm trying to do the math here, but it then they almost go, seems then... like you could charge the front. And yes. get to the rear just by comboing all these abilities? Yes. So, like, look, you charge the front, right? Um, back, right? You, you swift strike, get the free retreat. And then you quick fire. Treat to the side, right? Three wounds, they can't pivot. And um, you quick and fire. You quick fire, yeah. There, right? So, and that's all on the flank. That right and yeah, that becomes flanked. Now, if you start it from the from the back or from the side, it's it's crazy. These are just dancing all around. This is really gonna open up the the list. I shouldn't say open up, but this will really help define that second or th- even third uh, um, Night's Watch playstyle, right? Because because yeah. um, really we see sworn bros right we see sworn bros we see and we see um a little bit of the builders you know um because of the the crossbows but we, we see a lot of sworn bros we see a lot of um uh conscripts kind of f- uh, helping out and and whatnot but uh um i think that this is really going to open up and give us this third like hardcore ranged fast night's watch which is just 
scary you know i can see running this with awful yarwick who's like my favorite commander um just because he gives he can make whatever weapons you have whatever kind of weapons he oh, wants yeah no, yeah. like all of a sudden, like like oh, you, you you pull away with the free maneuver, and then you throw uh, might. I think it's the the mighty attachment where you're essentially shooting great swords at them. So they've got exploding sixes at range with sundering. You know, the more I hadn't thought fully through this, and the more you talk about it, the more I'm just like, oh gosh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a nightmare. It's gonna be a thing. Oh. It's gonna. It's totally gonna be a thing. Nightwatch to, players everywhere can rejoice. Expect to see the as long as it's not. Well, okay. I think what's gonna keep it from being a thing is its point cost. Because I'm right. calling. I, like I said, I think it's gonna be three points, and that's gonna be expensive. And not. Um, it's not gonna be one people are buying multiple. Uh, multiple boxes for you know. It's like you got your one. You're probably not taking three of them in an in a list. Exactly. You're going to put that in your hunters and then you're going to have your hunters be essentially the Death Star, which they kind of already are. Um, and then you're going to run some conscripts to back it up, right? Because conscripts go well with Awful Yarwick too, because um, they it buffs them them quite a bit. And then you'll probably see a tracker in there um, to to hand out whatever tokens and hit people from the back. And then maybe maybe one unit of Swarm Bros if you can fit it in. I I, I can't I can't do the math in my head right now, but it's probably going to look something like that. Um, would be my guess. Man scary and speaking of scary we also have the lord of dragonstone it's a one Ooh. point baratheon cavalry attachment that is loyal to stannis baratheon and the key thing with this is you can only ever include two lords of dragonstone and his order is sentinel after another friendly unit within long range is attacked this unit may make a free charge or maneuver action if charging it must target the attacking enemy Wow. So at one point, that seems like a generous attachment to have. Uh, I mean, it's Watcher on the Wall, but better, right? Yeah, and I mean, at 11 points, you're champion of the stag. I mean, I feel like with all of the abilities they have at 11 points, I'm not quite balking, as that, balking at that quite as much as I, as I thought I would. Like, when it first came out, it was like 10 points. Like, any attachments they get, it's going to be a hard sell. I don't know. This is. I think this is one that you can sell me on. <laughs> no, I think it's really worth it. I mean, again, you'll need just like how I was talking about the um, uh, the hardened ranger and the ranger hunters. You know, being a Death Star and building a list around it. This is going to be the same thing. You're going to kind of build a list around this, um, and you're going to. I, I can see it now in my head. You're going to have some wardens going up the side, right? Uh, to, and you're going to probably put Stannis in one of the warden units, mm -hmm. be eight essentially, but you know, Stannis in wardens is going to be still hard to kill. And then you're going to have this Lord of Dragonstone just following around and just guarding that Stannis and killing whoever gets close to attacking, <laughs> yeah. you know, to attacking that, that Stannis. Um, and even though they only have four speed, the champions of the stag with this, I mean the, the the free maneuver action plus a free charge. I mean that's that's a long distance. Um, right. That's not even happening on their turn. That's not their activation. Yeah. 
I mean, and that's those out of turn active, oh, those out of activation damage situations that the Baratheons can pull up. I mean, mm -hmm. I think maybe one of the drawbacks of this is the Baratheons are a little bit spoiled for choice when it comes to options for a relatively few amount of trigger keywords, right? And after yes. a friendly unit within long range is attacked, after friendly unit is attacked, that keyword is one that shares a lot of common ground with other mm -hmm. unit, other tactics yes. cards. So yes. you're going to have to make some smart choices of when you want to play your cards, but you're certainly going to have the opportunity to play your cards or your order. It's just yes. a matter of prioritizing the situation. So now I think you brought this up earlier. There was talk about you know how there's only two in your army. And I think mm -hmm. it was it Michael that hinted at there being another version of this. It was like a solo. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's probably I'm making a prediction here how people will play it because taking two of this attachment in Baratheon cavalry would be what 22 points of your army and two, two, two. So I'm assuming it's going to be like one in your cab and then one solo that if you run two, because otherwise that's a, you know, a good chunk of points. You could do that, but I, I just don't know. What, I, I mean, you, I honestly don't, you know, I know they've just been, they're out on table, uh, you know, they're out on tabletop simulator, but I haven't really run into or run the champs of stag. You know, I don't know. They, they seem to be a really tanky unit and that's not typically, I think the way I've seen a lot of their cavalry played. Mm -hmm. um, but with this guy in them, you know, that extra attack on the charge, that, you know, free charge that's not part of their activation, you know, that's when those critical blows and those champions' wrath, like the weakened tokens thing, start to really add up. So, you know, maybe being able to attack twice in a row on eight dice on three plus, you know, that's their their lances, basically, but better. I was also thinking about this, you know, that um, uh, uh, Zorse Riders is, is a good option for oh. this, too. Right, because um, it helps them get it'll help them get that free charge to their flank, right? To give them that weakened token, um, and then now all of a sudden, um, everything that is already in a tanky army is even tankier. So um, that was just one thought that I had. But I yeah. like putting like doing those weird combos where it's like, oh, nobody's thinking about this. This is clearly not what it's supposed to do, but. <laughs> But, you know, they can't play their tactics cards. It's a safe way to get your two attacks in there. Exactly. Oh, interesting. I like it. So that's always a blind spot for me. I think uh, Michael was on the podcast not too long ago, and I was talking about, you know, the relatively few options that armies have in some cases, et cetera. And he's like, don't forget the neutrals. So it's always good to have you. So th someone thinking outside the box. Someone's got to be thinking of the neutrals. So <laughs> thank you, Mike. Um all right, then we do have some also, not besides attachments, we also had some reveals for House Targaryen. And um, I'm going to give a you know shout out to two painters who have helped me tremendously. So first off, your tutorials on Caldrogo, that was incredibly helpful on me trying to figure out how to do horses. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, got me inspired to start up my, my Targaryens here. And then I was looking at Duncan Rhodes stuff and he has some videos on basing and on his DuncanRhodes.com. And I think between the two of you, you guys, I mean, I think that's a, maybe just the go-to place for a song of ice and fire painting. Um, and so, you know, if you guys haven't checked out both those sites, make sure you do. Mike Meeple, you've got, the one thing I think that I really like about your situation is that you have been covering the game for so long. You have like a tremendous backlog of material. 
And so as uh, I'm going through and painting my stuff, I keep finding like, oh yeah, like I never did paint up my Starks. Like, oh yeah, Mike Meeple has a lot of Stark stuff. Over 50 tutorials total. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. So, but you know what? I've been painting up my Targaryens then. And uh, I think I, I think I'm kind of getting into it. Like I'm in this danger zone where I'm like, I want to play free folk. That's my main, but like maybe, maybe Targaryens are going to be my second faction. And then later, I don't know now, maybe, maybe great. Do I want to be my second faction? But, but Targaryen have all these cool things coming out. And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about Targaryens. Like Targaryens are my secondary faction right now. Um, Nightwatch being, being first. And when I saw all of this stuff, uh, coming out, I was just like, yes, Targaryen love, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the thing that Michael also mentioned was that uh, the kind of style of Targaryens is that like each of their units is like its own like little super unit. Mm -hmm. And the Dothraki, now here's the hard part. I'm notoriously bad at naming things. Like I always say Screamer KO instead of Screamer mm -hmm. Co. It's the Dothraki. It's Co. It's co. <laughs> the Dothraki Harakars? Harakaris? Harakar. I think it's just Krakars, but I. Harakars? Harakars. could totally that be good. wrong on we that. We need like a Dothraki linguist to come on here and be like. <laughs> that was more like Jabba the Hutt or something, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking uh, Dothraki. Who knows? I'll, I'll make sure to, to put out a, a or an ad for that. You know, we'll find the three people in all of America that hey, actually speak Dothraki. Do you think we can do that? I kind of want to do that. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if, if I do, I'm gonna do that. I will find. All right. <clears throat> yeah, just to ask them how to say this. So, what did we settle on? Car. What was it? Car. Car. A car like drug like drakar like the horrible okay, cologne but with drakar so the dothraki <clears throat> there you go mike did he say how big the dothraki hakars are uh i think he said that it was going to be a large solo unit i think those were the words that he used oh, so okay. so that could be it's like a siege base right that's a large solo unit yeah that's i mean it's either a siege unit you know like what we've seen with the um scorpions or a giant you know one of those two things either way um that's that like that's really cool um I <laughs> yeah i mean and that's gonna make it very easy to get in with a charge on these guys either way and you know just so if you're listening at home and you for some reason you were you missed out on cmon expo uh, they have movement of six and they attack with six dice just one rank six dice on a three plus four plus armor, three plus morale, and it's the Prakar and their tamers. They've got five wounds at the start of the activation. They get a free maneuver. But the cool thing is built in natively is they can be held off the table instead of deploying. And at the start of any round, as it's activation, it can deploy fully within short range of any flank table edge. And they've got vicious. So these guys are going to be like popping out of the bushes and attacking people in the flank. Are I someone someone said it in the comments um during the reveal that they are a missile, <laughs> right? Yeah, like they are a missile because there are so many ways um to I, I mean they're in, to to get that charge in, you know, um uh or to get that free attack in sort of a thing. So I, I'm 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 just like I'm super excited about these guys. 
um, uh, and people are going to have to be watching their backs because you could do it anywhere, right? right? At the beginning of turn two, I, I could start and just have them show up behind you, now, like behind your uh, 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 rain, your super elite ranged unit, you know, that, that has been taking me out. You know, you I could have it pop up behind your... Um, uh behind your 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 siege weapons your, oh, your God, rock yeah. throwers you know and then there's what are you gonna do against that right you know, i think it's uh, it's it's super cool and if it is if it is a siege base i uh i think it's really awesome that we're starting to see those outside of the uh night's watch because currently siege weapons and siege bases are kind of only in the builders but if this is a siege base um then that's gonna then that kind of opens up that that we that we're gonna see it in all of the um all of the factions because i know that's been something that the community has kind of been thinking and asking is are are siege weapons only night's watch or are siege weapons going to be for everything i mean that'd be cool if we do see something for everything and then this guy's going to combo so well with the base targaryen tactics deck things like Mm -hmm. hit and run where you can Mm -hmm. get a free maneuver after you complete an attack and you just you know, charge in or sorry, free retreat after you make an attack, just jump out, maul something, run away. You know, and it's got five wounds. You're gonna turn around and chase that thing with five wounds. Like, I don't know about that. I what I what I really am am seeing, I I am seeing this being used with overrun so much. Oh my gosh, yeah. Just tagging up and just going boop like a pinball from the from the back of the army you know just uh you you've made all this progress and you've got your your army coming you you know you've got your your forces all lined up how you want it and then your opponent unleashed the rock cars on your weak guy in the back boop, 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 boop. you know this it's is just this is going to be scary though as a free folk player i've actually really enjoyed playing into targaryens because um I got like my huge horde. I'll just like take up so much real estate on the board and I can like, here's my battle line. Like I just got to watch out for your, your overrun, but mm-hmm. I can place miniatures and, and prep for that. But now when things are coming on from the side flanks, I feel like I'm starting to get to that point. I'd recently watched in game of Thrones, the scene where Stannis's cavalry shows up and basically conquers the free folk. I'm starting to see like more and more games where I'm like, Oh, I can see that in the future, my free folk, you know, huge swarm. I'm going to be getting like, people ripped off from the sides and attacked from the flank. And <laughs> that doesn't, you know, I'm going to have to start adapting my strategies here. Be like a scary movie where like the characters on the side started getting like drug into exactly, the woods. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Or it's going to be some, I think, you know, with other units we'll discuss soon, um, the like outflank game, right? Where it's like, okay, well, you've got this thing coming up from the flank. Well, then I've got Jarl with something coming on. It's like, well, yeah. you know, this like weird game of like, who's going to come in first. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and do you care if you're like giant lions and tamers come in and then I'm like, surprise, like spear wives <laughs> eat you like, bye. Well, and, and, you know, a lot of that has to do with cost, you know, right. because how, it's how, like, how, how much these are okay. versus, versus the spear wives. Cause I right. might care. Right. Like well, if you're what, spear what wives, range do you think this is? I, I want to say it's a six point unit based off of what I'm based off of the unit. Okay. Based off of the, based off of the stats, but I I'm, it's probably going to be closer. I'm guessing it's probably going to be seven. um, Because 
Yeah, point. just because. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be seven, but but I could. I want this to be a six point unit because I think that it's it's going to have. Uh, stat wise for the amount of damage it can do right because it can only ever do six right it's not like it's coming in doing eight or ten or anything like that and it can die pretty quickly right because five units it doesn't have anything that's really going to help it survive you know it doesn't have like the giants thing um you know and it doesn't have like some other things where it's like they can't take damage from uh from uh 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 morale even though their morale is excellent right three plus is so good um but it doesn't have some of those things so i'm guessing it's probably going to be six wouldn't be surprised if it was seven if it was eight too expensive man you know I'm also, I can't remember what are the rules for deploying. Deploying is not a movement. So that wouldn't trigger trappers, right? You could deploy oh. within short range, within the range of the trackers. Yeah. Hmm. Or I guess you'd actually of... want to, but then when you, as soon as you moved, you'd get hit anyway, but maybe you'd want to deploy right outside of it. But I'm trying to think of like, how do I deal? I'm like, as you're talking, I'm like actually thinking like, what, what am I going to do about these? Actually? And it's like, <laughs> well, there's trappers. It's like, how will they mess up my trappers? But I guess, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they really will um, initially. Because, yeah. Right, because it, you would deploy outside of their range, right? And then you'd they'd get, and then um, they'd probably turn around to try and, you know, face forward or whatever. And then you'd move from outside the range into the range for your free maneuver, um, which would the trappers, and then you would charge. So I guess even if yeah that would trigger the trappers. So right. either way you're going to they're going to get hit for something. So that's what I mean, you know, they have no way of defending against that. They've only got 5. That could pop them right there. Yeah, uh, you're right. I think I'm I'm more inclined to say that there'll probably be 6 or 7 points. I was like just cuz originally I'm like how do you put a price on outflank? Mm-hmm. Um I know I know we have like, you know, one point attachments that do that, but there's like a certain opportunity cost. Um but this is really powerful but yeah it is a missile because it's going to explode <laughs> exactly exactly it's because it, you have to look at also the screamers right the screamers are six points um and the screamers have 12 wounds and and can deal more damage you, you know um and can move just as fast so right. I, I, I think it's it's going to be comparable to a screamer. It, it, it'll probably be a screamer replacement. You know, instead of running two screamers, um, you'll probably run a screamer and then keep a Harakar off to the side. And then I love the tr- the outriders, the the Dothraki outriders, um, and then maybe a few more things in there. Man, and then of course we also have the unsullied pikemen, the fabled unsullied pikemen. People have been asking about these for for a long time. There have been some people actually even asking like. Hey, are we not getting them because it's too hard to make pikes or to do the miniatures? Well, it turns out, you know, they just had other stuff they wanted to reveal first. So um, they are way slower than the Unsullied Swordmasters. And this is like, what, the first four-movement Targaryen unit. And they have Phalanx Pike, which is a three-plus to hit, and it's 8-8-4. Three-plus armor, so that's plus one to the uh, Unsullied Swordmasters. Four-plus morale, so it's like the other Unsullied. They've got two orders. The first is set for charge. So if they're engaged, if the unit is unengaged and charged from the front, they get to make a free attack action before they resol- the enemy resolves its charge. And then they also have the order shield wall, 
When this unit is attacked from the front, after attack dice are rolled, automatically block D3 hits. And because they're unsullied, they may never gain condition tokens. That is an interesting unit. Um, I, 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 as, as a Targaryen player, I look at this unit and I see that this unit is a trap. This unit looks amazing, but all I can see are the flaws um, and the ways that people are going to kill me when I have this unit. Um, because I think that for the Targaryens, um, there are they're so fast, right? Everything is fast. This, the, the, everything's either either riding on a horse, so they're getting their double movement, or they are uh, uh, unsullied, so they've got uh, swordsmen, so they've got their sixth movement, and this has four. I have a feeling that while the battle is happening <laughs> on the other side of the board, they are going to be just slowly walking up, and it's going to be a lot of points. I think it's super cool. Don't get me wrong. And I'm like... I, I in a perfect world where this happens and they do get charged from the front, I'm you know you're going down. But I I can see this being like an eight point unit and it never seeing combat, ever. You think so? I it's the hard part. It's like that's really it. Is that how do you account for a unit that is so one dimensional? Like it has a shutoff button, right? It's like the when the bad guys show up and they're like, "I'm invincible except for here." Like, don't hit me here. Exactly. And, uh, you know, at my skill range, I am not a super crazy player. Um, you know, the same thing with the Lannister halberdiers. I loved them, but like eight times out of ten, whenever I set up this cool situation, they'd like you know play some fancy tactics cards or maneuver and get out of the way and attack me in the flank. Um. That being said, I think, you know, the commander that screams for this is Grey Worm. Um, mm. You know, besides the things like refuse to yield, being able to heal up um, and devastating impact, allowing them to get a little bit more distance and do more damage. Uh, that forced march, I think, is going to be so important for this mm -hmm. particular unit. But then, like mm -hmm. what you're saying before is like, am I then dropping, you know, resources and tactics cards into this unit when I could be using force march on like sword masters, getting them up there to get an alpha strike? and not having to worry about getting charged. Yeah, and and like I said, I think that this, don't get me wrong, I think this unit is cool, but Michael Chanel said, told us this unit's going to be expensive. And, right, if, if, if I've got nine or ten points and I'm going to be spending it on Unsullied, I'm not going to pick the Pikemen. I'm going to pick the... The, the swords masters because they're so good they're so good at what they do and i i think that i think that if this is more than seven points um it's really going to be a tough sell for me to actually field it well because the thing is like also gray uh gray worm would also have boldness and courage giving them plus two dice when they're at full ranks so that bring them up to 10 but if oh. these guys aren't way cheaper than their sword master you know, counterparts, why not just take the 10 dice from the Swordmasters and make that a 12? Yeah, and then you're, uh, and, and in the Swordmasters, you're pretty much moving at cavalry speed because right. they're so fast. And having you know? precision. Yeah. So I, 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 I have a love-hate relationship with this unit. I, <laughs> I, I sit back and I'm like, oh, I, I'm glad that they're here. But I just, I, they need to be like seven points. 
if 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 they're more than seven points, if they're eight points, I, I that that's going to be a tough sell for me. Um, seven points. And, this is a beastly unit for seven points. You got to also look at the whole at, at the at the faction as a whole, right? The faction yeah. as a whole ha- <laughs> faction as a whole has expensive units, right? So if we have like and out of expensive units, yes, this is a beastly defensive unit. But I don't know that I would choose this over. And I'm probably going to get so you're probably going to get like hate emails over me saying this. I don't uh, know that I that I'd choose this over Outriders and an Outrider Co. Oh well, Outriders have- are just so good. So, so good. good. And exactly. That's what I mean. The Outriders plus the Outrider Co. That's seven points. I think, right? I don't know. Like, it's a cheap thing that can do a lot of work and it's hard to pin down. These guys are going to probably be expensive. These guys are not going to be hard to pin down. My, my fantasy, though, is being able to field like three units of Unsullied Pikemen and a bunch of Screamers. <laughs> Just to have a horde coming you know, down. It's like, oh, you can't, you don't want to charge me in the front. We're like, well, I have no flanks. Like, go ahead. Like, <laughs> Just slowly moving. Right. Together. I don't know if that's how this faction actually plays. You know, I, I, I just, I am, I am probably going to be completely wrong about these guys. But I kind of feel like I am. I, I, like, I feel like Josh when he was talking about uh, the the Warrior Sons. Oh boy, <laughs> uh, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> you know, Legendary. like. Yeah, exactly. Where people, where where he he wasn't sold on them, and then all of a sudden they start coming out doing work. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be the same thing. But as of right now, I'm not too sold on these guys. Um, but uh, like I said, if they're seven points, I could see that. If they're eight or nine, uh, uh, that's going to be really a, a tough sell. Yeah, I unfortunately um, the style of play I like to bring is if there's something I like. I will like run it and run it and run it, figuring like I just need to get good at it or better at sure, it. Sure. And uh, I feel like what's going to happen is this is going to like that was with me with Spearwise from like day one. And I was like, I'm going to make Spearwise work. <laughs> and then when they changed, <laughs> I was like, oh man, not really. Like sometimes, but it was that thing where people would be like, you know, the burden of execution. It's like, you know what you did, you could have done easier with this. And it's like, I don't care. Like I'm running Spearwise. Uh, <laughs> and then they changed Spearwives and that made it better. But, um, you know, I feel like this is a unit that I'm gonna be like, I will want to learn how to make these work, but I can already see that like I'm at not I'm not at the skill level where if I'm playing someone of comparable or greater skill, that this unit will be, you know, easy to use. Yeah, I, I, like I said, you know, it might be I, I, I like I said, I'm probably gonna be wrong about it, but um I think that I I, I think this is gonna really slide into the the overarching theme of Targaryens are not for beginners. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know well i think that's the thing is like when every unit is so elite you have to be really careful with it you know for me like i keep reiterating this is at my skill level like you know that's where i see like wow if i can get some work out of outriders a really good player is going to murder people with these combinations because of oh, their yeah. nimble positioning arc dodging um you know josh is a big was a big x-wing player like i just look at that and i'm like oh man like yeah arc dodging and being out of lines of charge and stuff like gonna play right into his strengths and i just think like you're saying like targaryens is one of those factions where if you are a skilled player there's a lot of units that you can get a lot of work out of if you use them skillfully yeah definitely well and that brings us through all of the new content except for the mighty Greyjoy that were revealed and so we've got 
you know, the first Greyjoy spoilers revealed at Simon Expo, this faction, all the cards and everything we've talked about is subject to change before final release. So, you know, they may switch it up, but but more so than anything, what we get to see is what they're trying to go with, with the Greyjoy. And, oh man, Mike, I, you know, this looks so good. It gives me a little bit of a Free Folk vibe, but it's not going to be someone I was commenting like, oh, it's like another Horde army. I don't think it's a Horde army. Um, but it, uh, it's it's a I take what's yours army. Yes. Oh, it, it's you know early on I think it was on one of your podcasts you had mentioned that the um, that the uh, uh, Night's Watch were kind of becoming like the the zombie faction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's more what I'm think, seeing with the with the Greyjoys, where it's like. Yes. I'm taking the models out of your units to give me strength. I'm taking things from you and I get better. I get, yeah. or I heal because I've, you know, in a, in a fantasy setting, in a Probably high fantasy like a setting. Vampire counts like zombies. Exactly. Way. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like in a, in a high fantasy setting, it would be because I'm sucking your blood or eating your corpses yeah. or something like that. But in this, it's because I'm taking your crap. <laughs> you know, I'm taking your swords. <laughs> I'm taking your, your, your wives. Yeah, exactly. So the Ironborn Reavers with the first unit revealed, it's got movement speed of six. So these guys are fast. And this is the core infantry unit. So, you know, I don't know what do you think for point-wise. There were some people being like, well, this unit, it stinks. It's got to be this. But, um, you know, maybe when we go through their abilities, we can give some guesses at what we think that might cost. But this is the core base unit. So Free Folk, core unit, Raiders. They've got Gang Up, Starks, Sworn Swords. Lannister, Lannister Guardsmen. These are the guys that give you the basic feel of the faction. And so they've got a movement to the six. They are fast. They've got hand axes, four plus to hit, eight, six, three. Armor, five plus. Morale, seven plus. But their hand axes are are sundering. So their base unit has sundering. And they have a pillage mechanic. After completing a melee attack for each enemy rank this unit destroyed, it gains one pillage token. Each unit may only have up to two pillage tokens at any time, and you get to roll plus one attack die and gain plus one to hit per pillage token, meaning that when they're fully loaded with two pillage tokens, they're hitting on a two plus on 10, uh, 10, 8, 5 as the core unit. I think this is a really solid core unit. I think the... um the defense value the armor value is 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 a weakness um but i think that it's going to be pretty easy with sundering to get those pillage tokens um so i think more likely what you're going to see these guys running around with is three plus to hit nine seven four for most of it you know um Oh, I just love this mechanic though. Like, and it's funny talking to different people. Like some people are like, I've got a buddy who's super into Starks, but like kind of really doesn't play Stark. He like plays Tully. Uh, and he's like, I don't know. Like those guys don't seem so good. And then me as a free folk player, I'm like, oh God, like they're going to have two pillage tokens like all the time. Um, no, right? <laughs> like, right. This is such a widespread of how they're going to play. But what's so cool about this is that there's going to be units on the board where I'm fighting my battle and I might want to kill a unit and be like, oh no, wait, I don't want to attack these guys on the objective. I want to kill that unit over there that's weakened and down on this last rank and has two pillage tokens because I want to wipe them out. And so now like the the board state is going to be have like another little mini game on it of like, are you wiping out your opponent's units that have pillage tokens so that you don't have these like uber monster units going around? 
Yeah, and as of luckily, as of right now, from what we've seen, I have not seen like a berserker unit, right? Where right. where where they get stronger as they get lower, you know, because that means <laughs> as you know, in the war attrition game, right, um, right? That they would they would they get weaker as they get the pillage token because they're fighting each other, right? We haven't seen. Right. I get stronger as I'm losing ranks, but I'm also getting pillage tokens, so I'm getting even stronger. You know, that would just be, that would be, that would be really rough. But and I want to be really careful here not to start like rampant speculation or have people like sure. quoting the podcast. But this is like rampant speculation. So free folk raiders have gang up. That's really the only time it shows up in the faction, right? This pillage mechanic, though, this seems different would i'm i'm guessing this is on a lot of things but that's just my gut feeling like could you sure. see the razor coming out and being like oh yeah the only guys who pillage are the ironborn reavers oh, no. it's like a token mechanic for one unit like or i mean i guess that'd be like faith tokens but i just see it being like this is central to their their the, the fabric of the actual identity army. yeah if another unit comes out and doesn't doesn't have pillage tokens i might be concerned but i think if they all have it like this is really cool I think that's really solid. And and you mentioned the faith tokens. There are other units that have faith tokens, right? You know, like you can do you can do the um poor fellows and warrior sons and then boom, they've both got you've got that uh, again, you've got that theme where right. they are the high sparrows people and they are all about faith. So I can easily see Ironborn Reavers being all about the pillage, Ironborn being all about the pillage. That makes the most thematic sense. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, in, in talking about values for this, I can, I think this is a five point unit. Um, I think yeah. that, I think that, that it's a solid five point unit. I could see six. Right. Honestly. Um, six. If there are other things in the faction that like, really synergize with it right yeah. or it's like yeah. if this unit's engaged and another unit attacks it they get like a bonus pillage token or something like okay maybe yeah. or or you get like something or there are cards that you can spend pillage tokens right mm -hmm. to do oh, other things yeah you know like some of the tactics cards where it's like i play this and spend a pillage token and now to, i to i them? i to, oh, i get to move them, them right yeah. or i heal you know or i or or something like that or you get to play it and it's got more you can do a free maneuver or you charge plus two with for each pillage token or something like that i i can see that if 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 the pillage tokens were vital to the tactics deck i could see this being like a six point unit but i think the five plus defense and the seven plus uh morale keep it to keep it about a four or a, four, a five a five and then for other units we know about on the gamma presentation they showed an image of the house harlow harlow reapers i think um and then on the live stream fabio was talking about archers and i haven't gone back and rewatched it so I want to, I'm hoping it wasn't like one of those weird things where he was talking about like Stormcrow archers and being like very tricky with his wording, but not to like meta this too much. Usually it's Michael who's talking in like the lawyer speak where he's like, well, technically I never said Fabio, he mentioned there's a ranged unit and then they did say a ranged unit would come in the starter set. So like, right. That means I'm assuming archers, unless there's some like ax throwers or something, you know, um, I think people throwing squids. I think people throwing just, squids, squid cannons, ink guns. I mean, people with like aquariums in their in their arms. And just... 
instead of like someone's got to if there's anyone that comes out like holding a chest of like loot someone's got to mod it to be a or con convert it to be like a fish tank a <laughs> fish tank <laughs> with, with uh but you know so that would be so cool and i'm wondering if you know pillage looks like right now it's tied to melee attack i'm assuming maybe after saying how like i would expect this to be on all the units maybe some like ranged units and stuff wouldn't have it because it is melee okay that would be kind of crazy yeah but oh my god this is enough i mean i also just i want to see the sculpts because these guys have a cool aesthetic as well i don't know it feels like you know reminiscent of free folk or i don't know maybe it just speaks to me in the way that free folk spoke to me or i'm like these guys look cool i don't know that it 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 really i i don't know that it's, it speaks free folk to me it to me it almost feels more neutral you know yeah like like Bolton, where where it's that glass cannon, you know, you, where you got to go up there, you hit them hard, but you you can't necessarily uh, expect these guys to survive for a, for a long right. time. Whereas like free focus, you go up there, you don't hit them hard, and you can't expect them to survive. For too long. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. But exactly. I guess the reason why I think free folk is really because of Asha Greyjoy, the Kraken's mm -hmm. daughter. Um, mm -hmm. So she has the order stubborn tenacity. When this unit passes a panic test, one enemy engaged with this unit suffers D3 wounds, which is nice. But she's got mm -hmm. inspiring presence. Morale stat becomes five plus. And then um, rally point, friendly units within short range may use the morale stat for all morale tests, which is kind of like mansuratory. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she has that kind of control element. Um, but I can see that that's really cool in a faction like this where it's not even just about swarming your opponent because it's not a swarm faction, but it's about punching above your weight and like getting that damage out there and then having to worry about like attrition uh you win attrition by being better and having pillage tokens not by like trading back and forth like a baratheon player like i feel like i feel like the asha Greyjoy. it kind of gives you this image you know if you close your eyes as to like a blob of units moving down the field you know yeah. together right because they all because i mean if if they all have kind of sucky morale as as that you're gonna want them all to be around around asha um so so i can easily see her in whatever kind of tanky unit they have right um because every every faction has gotten a kind of a tanky unit um and then having a bunch of these guys all around her just just pillaging you know her starting the attack and then them swarming from the sides to to steal the final model off of off of each um off of each rank you know to to get those pillage tokens this is like the most exciting time for me because it's like you're just it's like rampant speculation right like i'm like a tanky unit but like would it be tanky before or after it gets its pillage tokens like oh. you know what i mean like it's like oh like you know how will it start or i don't know it's so exciting and then, of course, we have uh, Aaron Greyjoy, the damp hair. I had a, a Bernstein, Bernstein bears moment where in the video I put on YouTube, I swear in my mind, it's a damp here, like the damp here, like the like the vampire. And uh, it's not. It clearly says damp hair. So he's a four point hair is MCU. Wet. Yeah, his hair is <laughs> his wet. Hair is wet. Says, he's got like seaweed on his head. I, I, I see it now. But it's like one of those things until someone pointed that and was like, uh, dude. Like someone on Reddit was like, I can't believe this guy said this. And I was like, hey, like, good point. <laughs> um, but uh, four point NCU, rise again, harder and stronger. Uh, Aaron may only influence Greyjoy units. So sorry, neutrals. His influence, right? This also confirms they can take neutrals, I'm assuming. 
Yes. So and it also means that you can't use it on your enemy. Right. Um, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That might be wise there then. Um, so while influencing a unit, each time that unit performs an action, it may restore up to one wound. Each time it destroys an enemy with a melee attack, it may restore D3 wound. That's nice. I mean, especially in a faction where you're like, are we going to be sticking around to get our pillage tokens? Yeah, I mean, and that kind of and that kind of goes with the whole like pillage theme, you know, I take what you have sort of yeah. a thing. Um, I, I think, I mean, it's, it's expensive though, for what it is, in my opinion, I think it's, it, but again, I haven't seen right. the rest of the, the rest of the faction. <laughs> exactly. oh, so there might be, though. there might be some, a lot of stuff, but like, I, I, I saw that four and I was like, Ooh, that's like, that, that, but you know, I'm comparing it to that's to like Steyer. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or that's uh, that's Eamon. You know, I'm comparing oh, it yeah. to Eamon in my head for who heals, and I'm like, oh, Eamon heals way easier than this guy. Well, so, then I'm worried. Is that like, is there gonna be things that increase the number of actions people can take? Exactly, that's the thing. And then you see, it's it performs an action, right? Not just not necessarily uh uh a a uh, an attack or an activation so you, you, you perform two actions you kill two ranks it's you know 2d3 plus two yeah and it's like you put this guy on on your first turn right and you and uh i think i think the reason that he can only influence Greyjoy units you're right i think it's now that i'm thinking of it i think it's because of boltons right because you put uh what's his uh, face the yeah. Um, you put you put a Ramsey in a in a unit, right? Then it and then all of a sudden, um, it becomes a House Bolton unit, right? And right. then you can, um, and then you can use sadistic or cruel methods. So you can do an action before the the round even starts, right? Then you do perform another action, and then you, and then you, uh, uh, uh claim a zone, an attack zone, a retreat zone. You know, you can really tag up a ton of of healing with with this uh with that this must card. have been fun to be the play tester that figured that out and everyone was like nope that's changing <laughs> like no more <laughs> and then we have two more uh, we have, uh, and then we also have the reaver captain which is an attachment we do not know the points so it has a certain you know unknown element there but it has an opportunity cost it's going to take a slot in your army and it gives your unit outflank you may hold this unit off the table instead of deploying it you know, same thing as the cars, uh, short range of any flank table edge. But that's cool. You just get one unit of these guys that are ready to to raid. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can easily put these guys in the in the uh, the what the the first unit, the reavers. I can easily see them leading a unit of reavers from the back. You know, they're gonna sw they're gonna jump in, hit somebody in the in the flank yeah. or in the rear. Um, that's that's an easy combo, easy combo for some pillage tokens. And so I feel like it'd be cool to see what other attachments they have because you're gonna have to be making that choice. Like, do I have like two or three units with Reaver captains, or do I take some sort of beefier attachments in my units, or just you know save the points to get more models on the table? And sure. and then the tactics card, only one tactics card revealed. What is dead may never die. When a friendly combat unit would be destroyed, that unit remains in play with D3 remaining wounds. Attach this card to that unit. While attached, each time that unit performs an action, before resolving that action, it suffers D3 wounds unless you control the sword zone, the, the attack zone on the tactics board. 
So I saw some really interesting initial comments to this card. Some people feeling like it was way too powerful and some people feeling like actually it's it's rather weak. I think it's about right because essentially what you're doing is, again, tying in with my, my, my thoughts on this being like the undead, right? Um, because you're creating a zombie, a zombie drone, right? right. Where you have essentially you're going to take D3 plus uh, D3 wounds, right? Which is going to wipe your unit if you don't just use the attack space. Yeah. Right? Like you can't do anything but use the attack space. Otherwise, you're going to die before you resolve any action. So right. you're, you're telegraphing what that unit's going to be doing, which I think is okay. Right. And it so is, what you is, right, your unit gets, you know, almost destroyed. Oh, yep. You play this card. It's got D3 wounds. Then on your turn, you take the the, the attack zone and attack board of the Aaron Greyjoy. It then attacks and it heals up, hopefully killing something and getting more wounds, and your unit's still good to go. There that's that's what that's exactly what you do. That's exactly what you do. Just over and over and over again, you know, but but um you know, you can't, this card stays on there until that unit's gone. So it's not like they're ever going to be a normal unit again, right? right? They're, <laughs> you're like, you need uh, the damp hair to heal that unit up, or you need to pull some, you know, really need to do the money bags to heal that unit up if you even want to move your unit, right? Because even if you try and move your unit before you even do the action, you take the D3 move. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I, I, I don't think that th I think this is a perfectly fair card. I don't think that it's overpowered. I don't think it's weak, though. I think it's it's a great card for what it is. Um, and I think it's it's very balanced, actually. This just looks like a fun faction to play against. Now, we have two more mm -hmm. cards. You're on Greyjoy, the Lord Reaper of Pike, who is a commander. We see he's got cunning ploy devious methods and mind games for cards so already kind of looking to be an interesting character we've have we seen cunning ploy before I cunning we ploy have. yes we have cunning ploy is it's a Tyrion. okay so okay. cunning ploy reads a friendly combat unit activates instead of this unit performing an action one previously activated combat unit may perform one action instead and if you control the letters opponents may not play tactics cards this turn and that's from Tyrion lannister the half man oh my gosh so he's going to be a really interesting commander and he's a fan favorite too especially after the disservice he got in the movie in the show <laughs> so Oh man, I don't know. I liked him in the show. I think. What? Oh, that's it. <laughs> Mike Meeker has left the podcast. I think. I think. How dare I, you, sir? I, I think he was. He was a perfect cartoonish villain. Oh, that's <laughs> the problem, right? He was like a hundred and ten percent. Like, <laughs> I'm the bad guy. He needed like he a was... long mustache. He could twirl or something. <laughs> exactly. I half expected him to like ride in on the back of some crazy racing machine and try to yeah. make sure right. like in yeah, wacky right. races. Right. Oh God. I just get yeah, showing up everywhere. You know, he's like, surprise, like I'm here, stab. And it's like, what, what the? I've somehow developed a Gatling Teleporter. gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a Gatling gun that fires ballistas. Like, you can't see me, but I can see you and shoot you. Cause that's how line of sight works. Oh, I can go too long. It's like, so we have Euron Greyjoy. He looks cool. I can't wait to hear more. And then we have this other guy, which is either Carl or Quarl or Carl or Q-Arl. 
uh, Asa's companion. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let you keep going. See yeah. how many more you can. Come up I'm, with. I'm uh, like you know, o for seven on pronunciation today. So, um, so Carl is Asha Greyjoy's companion, a one point companion attachment, ignoring the restrictions, but you know, no other clues. He's wearing a mean I, set of armor, though, or they are wearing a mean set of armor. I think it's cool. I think I think it's nice to see the companion word and the companion thing come in because I think last time we only saw the only other one we have is uh, well, I guess we have that and we have um, Jarl uh, the or not Jarl um, Harma's Bannerman mm-hmm. and um, what's her facey um, uh, not Asha um, or Osha uh, Osha Osha yes. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's the Greyjoys there. And so then the final thing, after all of this goodness, and I know we've been here for a while, is they revealed a sculpt for a dragon. And it's a dragon, beautiful sculpt, clearly looks like it goes on a regular solo tray, right? Would that be your call? Yes, I would have, yes. It's a solo tray, but, you know, in my pure speculation, you know, that I was thinking of, I was thinking, oh, they're going to be siege units. But I'm clearly wrong. You know, we're looking at it right now. Yeah. So and there was one person who's saying like, hey, man, no, what are you talking about? Those are cavalry tray size. But that oh, doesn't. No. I mean, that's the same. That's the same size. Oh, it is the well, same cavalry size. Is the same. Was right. well, um, but I was like, you couldn't fit that on the tray. They'd bump into each other. It's oh, a solo. Oh, meaning, meaning that if there was going to be like a unit of four of those. Four there's dragons. Only three, there's only three dragons, but it'd be like four and a Daenerys or something. I oh. don't see that though. That doesn't right. That doesn't seem like it would be a thing. Well, I I, I mean, just based off of the physical limitations of the how big that dragon yeah, is, right? Like, like unless there's a very specific way <laughs> that you put those dragons into the tray, I don't think they're going to be able to fit. And um, I did see some people online commenting like, hey, wait, that's not a that's not an actual dragon. That's a wyvern or a wyvern. How do you say that? Wyvern? I would have said wyvern. Yeah, it's, they're saying that's a wyvern. Um, well, um, George R. R. Martin apparently does not like six limbed dragons. Right. So he he this is exactly how he envisaged the dragons being. Um, so I guess in in uh, Song of Ice and Fire, dragons are all that sort of wyvern body type. Um, so that is a deliberate and important part that was put in there. So for those of you that were like, huh, like where are the other four legs? Or where are the other set of legs? But man, that sculpt looks amazing. I think the real big mystery is not the dragon, which looks amazing. The dude with the net is. Yeah, what is that? So, you know, he's got like, is that it's a net? That looks like either... You know, is that going to be a Greyjoy guy, or is that like some sort of dragon handler? I think it's a Targaryen sigil on the um, okay, so it's on, on the banner. I I can't you can't, I can't tell. I saw the net, or like I don't know what it is—a net, a blanket, a cardigan, whatever he's holding to that that fabricy thing. But it looks like a net. That made me think Greyjoy. But could maybe, be a yeah. Greyjoy, like somebody who, you know, like you know, like because they're fishing and all that stuff. That yeah, some sort of thing. like net trapper dude or something. Uh, but I, I, I think that's the Greyjoy or the Greyjoy, the um, Targaryen sigil with the with the three headed dragon on there. I think that's uh, what it is. Oh, you're okay. Okay. 
I, I could be completely wrong in that. So, um, I think it was Mark Ridge in the comments on my Facebook page was saying, I feel like the banner was very deliberately and carefully posed. So it was making mm-hmm. it hard to identify. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be a three-headed dragon. could be a squid. Uh, yeah. Could be a wolf. The mind oh, could know. be a wolf. I, no, no, no wolves. Come on. Could be free folk. Mm-hmm. But man, so dragons. And how is that going to change the game? God. Like, how do you do dragons? Are they as powerful as a unit of swords, uh, sword masters? Like, what's the? I mean, I think they kind of have to be, right? Do Cause... you take? Do you take? You know, is it like you know a ten point unit? You take three dragons and then you take two NCU's and like a cheap unit. I think that's exactly what it is. I think really that would be crazy. I think, I think it's gonna be like each dragon is like ten points. Well, that's um, how you mess up Greyjoys, right? Be like, come at me. Like, I don't got no ranks to give. Like, we're just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah I, you're going to have nothing to pillage because I've only got one rank. It's okay. Um, my, my, my B list will always just be like all trappers, free folk trappers. And be like, all right, dragons, like, come at me and take your D3 wounds. There's got to be something, right? There's got to be something where they can avoid that because that just thematically makes no sense. What? No, like, free folk it, trappers are the real hidden power behind the throne. In can't Westeros. fly over. They can't... You, <laughs> Air traps, man. Traps. Uh, <laughs> air traps. You got those cool air traps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We sent up little balloons with bear traps on them. <laughs> Stupid dragons. I, I was getting a, an image of the Ewoks from the Battle of Endor that were stringing up the, the things, uh, like a okay. giant net across the trees for these dragons. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, so how do we start the petition to get Mike Meeple some dragons to paint for us? Oh man, I want to see your painted tour for this because I feel like you would just kill it. You would do such a great job on like uh, like this great sculpt. I mean, the biggest the biggest thing, if as always, just visit the site. Get me, um, find me on Instagram, Twitter. Get you know, uh, build my my Facebook. I'm currently at a little over 550 likes on Facebook which is great um, considering I remember when I started this, I was happy when I was like 50. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but I'm almost at 600. Um, when I do get to 600, I'm probably going to be doing a giveaway, um, a unit box giveaway again. Um, uh, cause, uh, cause I just like repaying you like all of the listeners and readers for, for doing stuff like that. And, um, a, a big one that I haven't really been saying because I just, I kind of always thought it was up to me. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, I was thinking about it if is sharing my tutorials, if you guys find a tutorial, of mine that you like or that has that that has helped you um share it share it in your local group because i'm not in all of the local groups right i'm i'm in some of the local facebook groups on my um uh, in my area so in california but I, I mean i'm not in the new york group i'm not in the chicago group i'm not in the connecticut group so if you see a tutorial of mine and you're like oh this was awesome and uh you know i think mike could could uh could <laughs> benefit from a few of people reading his stuff and our games will be better if they're all painted a little bit better yeah. um share it in your local group um and direct people my way absolutely 100 percent uh so you're giving a giveaway when you get to what 600 600 followers or 600 likes i should say um that is when you i at 655 right now i had 655 i thought it was a 555 whatever the next hundred is okay 
at <laughs> 700 at 700 okay 700, let me throw you yeah. a uh some free folk love i will give you then a uh a an updated free folk card set because i feel like you know there's free folk players out there that need those updated cards so let me toss one in there when you get 700 i'll send that out because we got to get mike people you've been here i feel like honestly it's kind of weird now like i was looking around like as far as content creators we have a lot of new people joining in and it's amazing because right there's no there's no um no limit to the demand right like there's a we've got a bottleneck of supply there's not enough people making content there's too much demand like there, we can never satiate that but you know a lot of people who started out like are, are you know have other things come up life life gets in the way you've been there since you know pre-release you've been uh you know right from like the start you were there so why i think 18th was the first time i published um a tutorial for song of ice and fire it was my jamie lannister one that's amazing. Yeah, I, and I, I remember that. Like, that was inspiring me to get in there and get painting. And so, you know, you've been here for so long, working so hard, making awesome content. So, anyway, anything we can do to support you, of course. And, you know, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, the other thing is just to give Mike is another plug here is that, um, you know, you're just like a genuinely good person and you're, you're <laughs> you know, you're doing this and helping others and just being awesome. And, you know, and I think it's important to like, you know, note that and say thank you and, so whatever we can do, let's get you to 700. And the other thing is like, if you play other games, like honestly, I cannot believe how freaking amazing your Marvel Crisis Protocol tutorials are. That has just like blown me away. I don't know if you released it yet, but you have a Black Widow that you painted up that just looks like phenomenal. Black Widow should be, should be dropping this week. Okay, so uh, if people so. are into Marvel Crisis Protocol, like you gotta check out how he's painting his minis. And I think maybe the easiest way is your Facebook page and then your Instagram, right? A Facebook page and Instagram, and then really and then check if out the just, blog. Of if, if you just Google Mike Meeple, um, or even painting poorly, I, if I if I I'm, I think if you just I should be the first thing that pops up. Yeah, my I'm the first two things that pop up if you if you just Google the phrase. Uh, Mike Meeple or painting poorly. Um, uh, I'm like the, my my blog is the first stuff that'll that'll show up, um, which is great. It means people know where to find me, and people are finding me not just through Facebook, which is excellent. Um, but um, I will do a little bit of self promotion, more so is because uh, Chase and I were were talking about uh, doing some uh, uh, doing some uh, co sponsored uh, Zoom painting lessons live with me um yeah so, uh, so i just want to say you know keep an eye out for more details as to how that's going to work um because i want to paint with you guys so uh, this will be your guys's opportunity to uh paint with me um both chase and i should be sharing some info on it on our respective facebooks um as to how you guys can be a part of that um and join in and just kind of help us during this time when we have to stay at home to discover new aspects of the hobby that we all love you know who we should get to join in on that fabio Fabio, we got to get him painting stuff up. Let's do it, okay? So let's settle on the unit we want to paint, and let's get him painting up his unit. Because I want him to be playing. And so first off, guys, like if you don't play with painted minis, that's totally cool. Like I'm not one of those guys that thinks you have to paint your minis, but I think it just makes me happy when I see people playing with the minis that they painted and feel good about. I want I want Fabio to have a, a full painted army here that he's done. 
So Hopefully. let's let's I'll, I'll I'll see if we can we can talk them into somehow. But yeah, let's get that out there. So stay tuned, guys, for upcoming information about our Zoom painting uh, collaboration. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, Mike, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Chase. And in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the, the table. table.